Welcome to a Junior VC Unfiltered. I'm your host, Mazin, and this week I have with me Shelly, Bhumika, Raj, uh, and Shiraz. In this episode, we'll discuss our latest piece, Can Browser Stack Be the World's Software Tester? Shiraz, uh, can you tell our listeners why we chose to write about Browser Stack this week? Yeah, sure, sure thing, Mazin. So I think Browser Stack is at an interesting at an interesting place in its life where it's on the back of these three mega trends that we've we've talked about quite a bit um, on a junior VC. The first is building for developers. I think this has seen a massive rise in the last five to 10 years. Um, you, know, you think about business to consumer businesses, you think about business to business, consumer businesses, and, and now companies like Stripe and Twilio have kind of created this category of selling to the developer and browser stack really capitalized on that trend. The second is you know, software companies starting in India and building for the world. And as the team that will go and do, that's something that Browser Stack has been um, maybe both intentionally and unintentionally uh, kept in mind right from the beginning. And then the third is just this focus on building a community around their product um, from the early days on Twitter and Reddit and Stack Exchange and using that as extremely low cost um, marketing funnel already. So the confluence of that, I think, has been recognized in the, in the public, in the private markets from the investors, and it's really helped them gain the popularity that they have today. And we just we couldn't help but, uh, but cover that story. Thanks, Raj. It really is a is an interesting story. Shelly, can you uh, take us back to how did they get started and what problem were they solving? Yeah, sure, Mazin. So uh, I think we should go back to two thousand eleven when Ritesh and Nakul, the two co-founders, were brainstorming in a Mumbai coffee shop. Uh, they were serial entrepreneurs. They were running other businesses. And then uh, at that point of time, they decided to build a website for their consulting business uh, to promote uh, their projects and find a new product uh, to their liking. Now, uh, this was the time when internet was still in nascent stage. And Ritesh and Nakul's internet access uh, put them in less than 10% of the population. Uh, and it, since it was 2011, uh, Google, Chrome, and Firefox were also in infancy. And the chosen uh, browser of uh, uh, to work was Internet Explorer. Uh, so Nakul and uh, uh, Ritesh wanted to leverage this uh, uh, gap. And they sort of built their website in just two days. Nakul built it in two days. When it came to testing, uh, putting it to testing, setting up and debugging the code, it would take them almost four to five days to just set up the entire uh, process because virtual testing systems were non-existent. So uh, at that point, they took a step back and decided to see uh, how big this problem was. Uh, whether other fo other folks were also facing this problem of testing and uh, are there any solutions for it. So they did a little market research and eventually they found their aha moment uh, where they thought that they would build a virtual uh, so virtual service where other, other testers can come and use their service on the browser and test their website. Uh, and now again, uh, from having problems with Internet Explorer, they actually became resellers of Internet Explorer because uh, their entire service was also built on the uh, on on the same platform. Um, now, uh, coming to their focus on the global uh, global aspect of things from the beginning, I think uh, they both were uh, uh, very 
they were they both were contributors to the global developer community they contributed to the open source community and were among the first few adopters of ruby of rails in india and their ruby of rails blog be, actually became the most popular blog on the internet now uh, building for these builders appeared as a monstrous challenge but even so it had a certain charm and i think uh, what they focused on was the core uh, core functionality of the product rather than marketing so they cho- they chose the most basic thing like they went where the customers were where, where the developers were and they decided to build a product out so uh, they launched a beta version of the product uh, in the in 4 months and it started getting traction from all over the world developers uh, developers were liking it uh, founder of jquery uh, john rezik also tweeted about it that he liked the product so uh, it soon started from uh, then they moved on from you uh, from building a developer platform for one browser to cross browser and eventually to mobile testing and so on so they uh, in a way they found that they wanted to build an infrastructure for testing for all the browsers across devices which is what their future uh, plan also looks like thanks shali uh, really an incredible origin story uh, bhumika can you shed some more light into what the market looked like how browser browser stack priced their product uh, and how they went about fundraising Sure, Mazin. Uh, so, as Shelley mentioned, uh, Browser Stack's free product received a lot of interest from the community, and uh, that you know led to the team beginning to monetizing since day one. Something that they hadn't really planned for. So they went on to charge you know nineteen uh, dollars per month as a part of a pay-as-you-go model, uh, which also explains how they've remained profitable since day one. and within half a year uh, they grew to making $20000 a month and finally they felt constrained by the pay as you go and they did their research and introduced a five tier pricing model and um, now they had three products by 2014 uh, with five unique pricing plans for each of them so their customers were basically staring at 15 different plans to choose from and oftentimes this would leave their uh, you know customers very confused especially in the process of you know picking a plan for teams there were just too many choices and the whole thing was a dizzying experience and they'd find feedback about this in their support tickets so uh, this would actually turn out to be um, a very you know sort of turning point for browser stack as it would result in the birth of their winning formula which was browser stack for enterprise now they switched to offering three uh, broad plans one being live which was uh, offering all the manual testing features second one being automate which was offering all live and automated uh, testing features and the third one was the enterprise which was a customizable plan uh, based of based on whatever you know a corporation would want uh so this enterprise plan proved to play a central role on the onboarding of so many of these companies that browser stack uh, you know eventually partnered with and uh, over the years microsoft twitter spotify cisco you name them they'd grown you know quite a following from the diverse dev community and um so normally founders would uh, look at this as a good time to visit a couple of vcs you know having found early product market fit but uh, ritesh and takul's previous ventures you know had taught them to uh, that they had to be capital conscious so they thought yeah sure let's remain bootstrapped for a little while but this little while lasted quite long 
uh, within four years of bootstrapping, uh, the company had reached a revenue of $20 million. And all of this was funded by their own profits. And uh, the testing ecosystem at the same time was also evolving. So um, in the early years, developers would uh, rely on the waterfall testing method um, in which you know each phase of the software development lifecycle had to be completed before the next phase could begin. And there would be no overlapping between the phases. And the issues with this model are uh, plain as day, the most important of which is the fact that no working software would be produced until late during, you know, into the life cycle. So um, previously, testing was a back-end function within the life cycle, but soon a huge number of players started popping up in all sorts of sectors that we can think of, both web-based and mobile-based applications. And they were, you know, serving a more demanding and increasingly impatient group of users. So the world had reached almost, you know, eight and a half billion cellular subscriptions in 2018 with a penetration rate of uh, 97%. And there were roughly around 2.1 million Android-based and 2 million iOS-based apps. So uh, in the later half of 2018 itself. So now uh, the industry was predicted to generate $200 million within two years. So naturally the price tag on testing also rose. And as a direct result, nine out of 10 enterprises announced that they wanted to focus on mobile testing. And this opened up yet another market opportunity. So, and you know, things have changed a lot in the web browser space as well. Like we might think of it as slightly more static, but nobody was compelled to use the internet explorer anymore. Uh, as a matter of fact, at the time of filming this video, uh, even Wikipedia confirms that internet explorer is a thing of the past. It's going to reach its natural end within the next month. So uh, Google Chrome was now behemoth. Uh, Safari was back with a bang and a whole new class of web browsers were up and coming. So realizing how important it was to get software out quickly, test it on every possible uh, you know, place that they had to, testing was no longer done in a vacuum. It, it sort of became a part and parcel of the earlier stages of software development. And um, in fact, to say earlier stages would is not technically right in the sense because devs were not thinking of this as a, a linear timeline anymore. The uh, agile and continuous integration and deployment went mainstream and more than 75% of companies were reporting that they had now adopted these methodologies in some capacity. Uh, so as testing you know, gained the center stage, uh, improving the process of testing was going to be vital to provide great user experiences. And uh, the addressable market for software testing was expected to grow to $76 billion by early 2022, which was a massive opportunity. So by 2018, browser stack was thriving uh, at a $50 million revenue run rate, but it was still bootstrap and profitable. But now the founders are feeling that, you know, um, they had to partner with someone that had previously coached someone uh, in, in the software space. And uh, they raised $50 million in their series A. Now, uh, ML and AI were changing uh, every aspect of every field that technology had ever touched. So of course, software testing was not going to be left behind. And automated testing went mainstream. Now companies wanted to spend lesser and lesser man hours on any forms of testing that could be automated. And uh, the global test automation market was also valued at $24 billion in 18 itself. So it was expected to reach approximately 55 billion by 22. So um, opportunity wickets competition and browser stack had to you know, keep their head in the game to continue to stay at the top. Quite the story. Thanks so much, Bhumika. Uh, Raj, can you tell us how BrowserStack is doing today? 
and and what does the future look like for them? Right. So to understand how BrowserStack is doing today, we should ideally start from how uh, BrowserStack maintained their competitive edge in a 24 billion testing industry, uh, and how essentially their subsequent fundraise propelled them to their next growth orbit, which has now positioned them to uh, feed the appetite of software, which is ultimately going to eat the world. So essentially, as Monica mentioned, you know, 24 uh, billion dollar industry. How do you maintain your competitive edge? You do that by creating a very, very strong community who essentially become your flag bearers, your uh, marketeers spreading your good name through word of mouth. And that essentially one keeps your marketing dollars to a sum total of zero. And at the same time, you have very high net promoter score. And from the very beginning, Ritesh's idea was to do something uh, to solve a real problem, a problem that is large enough, and ideally a problem which is plaguing a, 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 a large portion of the target segment's life, but yet they're un, un, unaware of such a problem. Keeping this in mind, um, <clears throat> testing per se is the problem of every developer. So how do you... Uh, so, so the moment you and devise a solution to solve this particular pain point, you essentially convert each and every developer who has ever used your product into your promoter. And that's what happened. Essentially, uh, within, within a week of their beta launch, there were 10,000 users on the platform. And John Resick's tweet just went viral. And that's when you know the people started asking Ritesh that do you have a paid version of the product in in today's world where uh, a lot of consumer starters are burning a lot of money people proactively coming forward to ask whether they have a paid product and actually be willing to pay for such a service is something which is not very common. That's when you know, Ritesh devised the product, set it live, and then after that, after eight years. Even after eight years, now it's on the 10th year, but for the first eight years, there wasn't any marketing division that existed. So these, these two things essentially had a very strong foundation for two pillars. One, you have a very loyal set of uh, users who would only continue to increase. And the second thing is you get to spend all your budget on research and development and improving the product because you don't have to spend anything on CAC or any marketing, nothing of that sort. So, and, and, and the third outcome of these two, uh, essentially the outcome of these two foundations is that you run a very large, a very successful and a profitable company, which has the potential to scale globally. Now that brings to the next question, how would, a company that is running on a 50 million run rate for the year scale globally. Ritesh obviously was a developer by profession and by training. <clears throat> this is something for which needed to have a partner who had the vision. Obviously he had raised uh, a 50 million series A, but then uh, as COVID essentially expedited the digitization of the world, there was huge opportunity line. So, you know, that was the opportune moment when he could partner or bring on board another investor who had a very similar experience in blitzscaling tech companies, the likes of Facebook, Shopify, uh, such big unicorns across the globe and 
have them on board so that the next trajectory or the next level, the next orbit of the growth is essentially unlocked. So that's how uh, browser stack latest unicorn status came about a 200 million funding. The interesting bit is after uh, a total, now that the company is valued at $4 billion, uh, they had raised above to $50 million almost. Uh, the founder's equity is still above 80%. So, so that's, that's, that's essentially something to think about. The first round they raised, uh, they had diluted 10%. The second round they raised for 200 mil, they had just diluted 5%. So with an 80% founder's equity, they have created enormous wealth for themselves, the employees that they, that have joined them in terms of resource. And at the same time, raising capital was never the main target for any of the founders when they went ahead to the industry. Their main focus was to get a partner who could help them scale. Not, not many have this liberty of choosing partners. That being said, um, I think it's time we should probably understand why there was such a demand for uh, demand for this particular company in the eyes of the VCs. They had been chased around from numerous VCs across the globe, essentially, you know, across Silicon Valley, in Bangalore, and in India, everywhere. The problem that Hitesh had solved and is still solving is something which is very real. And going forward, it is just going to exacerbate. So let's understand how testing is important. When we start with, uh, in, in the 2011, pre-2010s, Internet Explorer was a browser of choice. And then developers would test their code in the web browser, essentially, which was, again, the, again where they had developed the code. Then came mobile. mobile was so so testing for mobile was difficult because that's not where developers would develop their code and going forward you have every kind of smart devices you have wearables you have iot you have you know, every, everything that you can think of numerous smart health devices none of those interfaces actually allow for development they are just allowing for uh testing and deployment so how do you how do you develop a code that is massively replicable can have a very fast testing turnaround time that's where browser stack comes in you know giving you not only a cross browser experience but being the testing platform for the internet and and that's why if software is eating the world browser stack is enabling software to maintain its appetite that's why it's it's so important today uh it's it's so important that uh to appreciate the fact that founders retain almost even more than 80% of the company. At the same time, raising money was never about raising money. So that's that's super counterintuitive, but that, that's the case with browser stack. So now they're supremely poised to take on the world, to keep on feeding them. As long as software exists, browser stack would exist. And now that it's entrenched so deeply into the minds of the developers that the 10 years ago, developers didn't realize that they needed something like this. But now that they have it, they can't live without it. So that's that's the impact that browser stack has had. Amazing story of creating a fantastic product, um, investing in, in developing a better product, and and also retaining an immense amount of value for themselves. Thanks so much, Raj, and thank you everyone for tuning in to a Junior VC Unfiltered. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next week. <laughs>